Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Six Feet Under. We've got a great one planned for you today. We're going to be playing uh, 13th Age in Glorantha, which uh, is not out yet. We've got some advanced playtest materials, which is always exciting. Uh, but before we get that, uh, let's introduce who we've got today. From the regular crew, we have Garbad. Hi. And Nate. Hello. And myself, which is to say Ironicus. And a semi-regular guest, Violet. And one very special uh, first-time guest. Please introduce yourself as you'd like to be introduced. Yeah, my name is Rob Hitso, and uh, I'm a game designer. I live in Seattle, and uh, I've done a few things that people played in the past, and uh, most recently working on 13th Age. Um, and right now we're doing an adaptation of the 13th Age role-playing system to the world of Glorantha, which yeah. I think we're going to talk about a little bit more. A little bit, a little well, bit. Before, before we get that, you live in Seattle? Yeah. Are there any HR jobs that you know around there? <laughs> <laughs> because I would love to move to Seattle, and right now I'm teaching math, so... I am going to tell you that this hero quest is for you, because the, the answer is, yes, there are definitely HR jobs here. I'm positive about it, but uh, I, I would have no leads on how to find them. Uh, oh, okay. Well, like, uh, for instance, it was nice talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there are the, co the, the companies, like, my company doesn't have any HR people because we're way too small. And uh, in fact, if you look at Paizo, um, they stay underneath 50 employees at all times, they never go above 50. And why? Why would that be? As an HR person, do you know the answer? Uh, just to keep things small. Uh, no, 50 people is where you become subject to a lot of new regulations. Yeah, there's, Legally, there's, if they there's go a to lot 50, of laws over 50, I know that. That's but right. That's, that's well, kind of a, a silly reason to keep it under 50. Uh, I know, but they're doing it to keep you down, man, because they'd have to hire you if they went to 50. Uh, they they <laughs> actually not. would... They'd have to hire uh, an HR person if they went above 50, which I think is pretty funny. Which might as well be you, Garbad. Uh, <laughs> so just send in your <laughs> resume. Send in your resume and see if you could simultaneously be... I'm not sure 50. I want to be part of something that uses sacred geometry as a feat that they just totally <laughs> give away. I, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't know. As a math teacher, I thought that would be where you would head, man. Well, that's the problem. So uh, the eighth grade math teacher in the place I went to junior high school... Uh, had a tendency to talk about pyramid power. So uh -huh. his, you know, he would like just ramble on about the power of the pyramid and take out a dollar bill and show it to you and, you know, talk about the Illuminati and things like this. And this all became much more meaningful and sensible about 12 years later when he was arrested as part of the biggest counterfeiting ring on the West Coast. <laughs> never going to be a cool math teacher. <laughs> well, I think you... Yeah, I know. This is really too bad, man, because you could spend your life in, in, in solitary confinement thinking about it. Uh, we There's still hope for you. I, I haven't gotten to know you yet, but on this on this call, in this game, in these podcasts, perhaps you will reveal yourself as a powerful math teacher. Anyhow... And by the way, which character are you playing? Since I, so I match voice with a uh, good person. Uh, I'm, I'm playing Loy. Loy! All right, then. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, but we're, we're getting a little far afield, uh, as 
Uh, our regular listeners will know before we get into a guest game, we like to talk about some sort of related topic. And we thought that in this case, uh, an introduction to what Glorantha, this whole Glorantha thing even is, would, uh, would be a good choice. So, uh, Rob, you're writing a book about the darn thing. You seem like a pretty good expert. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, I think one thing that's interesting about it is that Glorantha came before there was a game for it, which is unique as far as fantasy role-playing settings go. Uh, where where did Glorantha come from? Sure. Um, there, it is possible. Okay. The, the the funny thing is, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to your question really quickly, but I will mention one thing. There may be a couple other gaming worlds that people know as, as game worlds that mm-hmm. that actually really did start as something else beforehand. And I think if you uh, right. just right off the top of my head, Tecumel, Empire of the Pebble Throne, mm-hmm. um, and, and Forgotten Realms, uh, and they all these worlds have something in common, and that is that they they are the creation of really focused world creators who had a vision for. Um, for something that that hadn't quite been done in fantasy before. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Stafford is the creator of Glorantha, and he started it way back in the 60s. Um, I'm going to say um, 65, 66 um, as, uh, as, a, as, as stories. And where Greg, if you look Great, great. If you look at Tolkien, Tolkien was a creator, world creator, who started with language. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, Old Norse, Old English, and, uh, and he worked from those sources. Greg started from mythology. And it, is, it was his sort of personal mission to go ahead and read as many of the primary texts of mythology world mythology of all different cultures that existed as he could in you know obviously in translation and what came out of that is that Glorantha is a world created by gods where the gods relationships with people although phrased in the fantasy setting uh, you know where magic is real mm-hmm. re- they really the the, the gods and their relationships with their followers and the cosmos rings true because Greg used, he used sources so extensively in a certain way that oftentimes, like when you're first encountering Glorantha, you don't really fully realize, uh, you know, like the sources, he worked so hard at it that the sources are sometimes buried. But the feel is there of, of like what actual mythology and human experience um, feels like that's probably what drew me to the world at first. Um, there was a he didn't start it as a role playing game. He started the first thing he tried to publish was actually did publish was a crazy war game called White Bear and Red Moon. Mm-hmm. And those are the two warring powers that you will still find at the heart of uh, the, uh, like the Glorantha thing we're publishing, where the red the Red Moon is the lunar goddess. He's sort of a goddess of civilization and enlightenment, except if you're the barbarians near her, in which case she might just beat you to a giant crimson bat. And uh, the white bear is a crazy-ass berserker named Harik, 
who is just essentially the destroyer. Uh, these this war game was bizarre because I mean you know Avalon Hill was publishing games about Panzer warfare and uh, D Day, and here you have a game where. You're making alliances with a doom hound that can go on a run and destroy everything in a straight line of hexes. No, I mean everything. You know, it's all. <laughs> Did you stack units over there? Well, that was a mistake. And uh, the the dragons do the same thing. They have the infinity rune, and when the dragon goes off, no, everything in that area is gone. Yeah, I know we had math on the on the cards, but it doesn't matter anymore. And uh, that that mythological feel of the powers mm-hmm. that are so much greater than um, than the, the normal reality. It ex- is part of what's dr- drawn people to Glorantha. Uh, RuneQuest uh, came out very shortly after... RuneQuest the, being uh, the RPG introduction of Glorantha. Correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Gre- Greg had met uh, Steve Perrin at a, a party. Steve Perrin was a member of the SCA and had, I think, had I basically did not like how D&D handled fantasy combat because the SEA people are like, that isn't how fantasy combat works. And he had a combat system that he thought was worthwhile. But Greg had a world. Mm-hmm. So they put the two together and sort of RuneQuest, therefore, became the lens by which people saw uh, Glorantha. And you know, all these years ahead of time, now that you know we're doing a 13th Age role-playing game, uh, it's very interesting to like find you know the, the rule systems you use can t- tell people oh this is what Glorantha is like and uh, one of the fun fun things that we're that we're doing is we're getting in touch with the real cosmic mythology uh-huh. uh, and, and the and the absolutely bizarre compelling storytelling that you can do in Glorantha which was a little harder to do in Rinquest. I mean Rinquest was uh, just sort of a a very yeah, like a game that was attempting to model Society for Creative Anachronism's understanding of combat physics, it was grounded in a way. Uh, and you know, Thirteenth Age is a bit more of an abstract game uh, where you get to um, talk about what things are like without necessarily simulating them all the time. And that's pretty well suited to Glorantha. Uh, there's been Robin Laws has done a, a another role playing game. Uh, in Glorantha called HeroQuest now. Uh, it uses its real official name, and, and that's more of a narrative game uh, mm-hmm. that in which... But it's also a game like our 13th Age system where the characters are very in touch with the powers of the gods and are achieving hero- heroic stories partly to emulate the gods and partly to uh, possibly do things better than the gods did when the gods made mistakes. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, Glorantha is a world, if you have uh, friends who like mythology um, and who uh, are drawn to the stories of any one of the the various pantheons, uh, getting them into Glorantha is very easy because uh, you can, yeah, you can really find the different styles of heroes you're interested in uh, within the pantheons. And... I think even more compellingly, and I think this is the thing that really roped me in, as a kid even, is that it does an amazingly good job of showing how every single culture or god uh, sees themselves as the hero. And you can uh, 
you can be you you can the 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 perspective of being the hero is the same whether or not you're of the side of Orlant the brash young god who kills the sun or if you're the worshiper of the sun god yell um, or if you're one of the troll darkness gods and uh and that you know simultaneous truth of very different myths is very compelling and very strong uh, and Glorantha is really invested in its myths. While it, it's a work of fantasy, it's also a work of mythology and sort of anthropology, uh, in a sense, is how uh, it's been described. Uh, I would, yes. I, I mean, that's, I think that all those things really fit together mm-hmm. well. Um, uh, I, I was an anthro major in college, so... Cool. And I probably was an anthro major in college because of Garoppolo. <laughs> it's so ironic, you know, to then years later be working on, you know, the King of Dragon Pass, a game I think that one or two of you have played. It's a computer game in which, uh, you know, you are essentially a Bronze Age culture herding cows through a magical world that's trying to kill all your cows, and therefore you. And uh, that's making the game sound a little bit more humorous than it is, perhaps, you know, but... Uh, cows are no joke. Cows <laughs> are no joke if you don't keep track of them. You have, you know, one of the apocalypses you know, as, as, your, as your your clan dies off. And I think that that, uh, that sense of peace... I, I have to admit, 13th Age in Glorantha that we are doing is much more of a highlight real approach to Glorantha than, say, King of Dragon Pass or RuneQuest. Um, we, we're, you know, 13th Age is a game in which you really focus on the heroes and the and the, 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 the high fantasy heroics that they're capable of. And for the most part, we're not, we're not about animal husbandry. Uh, and if people want to play games like that, they can, but, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to. I, I did not see a uh, hybridization chart in the playtest document, so. Uh... Nope. Taking uh. <laughs> a dragon pass, how to plant your and so forth. Mm-hmm. No, not this time. But Glorantha has, it's a, I think that uh, there is a crazy document. It's a giant two-volume set, and I'm not sure yeah. how much it weighs. Uh, three if you count the Atlas, I believe. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, yeah. And Moon Design put it out recently, uh, and uh, have been winning awards for it. It's basically the a, a big, giant, beautiful book coffee table book, essentially, without any games. It is called The Guide to Glorantha, and uh, it just recently won the Diana Jones Award, which is uh, probably the most prestigious award in RPG stuff in general, which is pretty cool. (laughs) That's funny. That's like the Diana Jones Award. I love that. (laughs) I I, I think it's... Do you know how it started out? Uh, I do not. I can can say a very... I'll say a very brief version, which is absolutely not completely entirely accurate. (laughs) The, the that, best stories rarely are. Go yeah, ahead. Uh, when TSR UK burned every copy of the Indiana Jones role-playing game because of some legal hassle, all that was saved was a particular scrap that said the Diana Jones, and somebody took that and put it in plasticine, uh, and uh, that became the Diana Jones Award. Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's, that's the simple version. There's a lot more to it than that that I don't know that I yeah I don't, don't think you mean audience. no your audience doesn't need more than that <laughs> so that's so here the most prestigious award it's like yeah oh, that's awesome um, yeah it's a very it's a, a well deserved award and that book is uh, 
it's it definitely shows the whole breadth of the world. And I think one of the things that is our big challenge doing Thirteenth Age and Garapa is we're not we are not attempting to do the whole giant breadth of the world, and we in fact are trying to create a a setting where you can feel comfortable improvising and playing in Glorantha without knowing everything about the world. Uh, and the way we do that is catastrophe, essentially. Um, the the, the, the storyline in Glorantha has always said that there's a big, there's a hero wars coming where the normal rules will be thrown apart and chaos will be, you know, once again, possibly knocking down the doors. And we are doing that. So in a world where the, the stable society and the stable state of reality is upended, um, beginners can feel a lot more comfortable saying, I, you know, for instance, somebody could come and say, no, 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 I'm not one of those talking people who are called to roles. Uh, and I know colloquially as ducks, they could come to the table and say, no, I really am a duck. Like, I think it's happening in our game today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now let's, let's just say it. In, a, in, a, in Glorantha games that they've been played in the past, I mean, that might be a little bit, you know, a little bit over the top. Uh, but the 13th Age approach is to say, hey, man, what's your one unique thing? And we, we encourage, we, we want people to go ahead and feel like they're making their own Glorantha. And then people who want to know more about what Glorantha as published has been like and to mine it and get more ideas out of it can go ahead and do so. And so uh, that that's sort of our game plan. Basically, making beginners happy and uh, of course all that material will be used in any way uh, in, in a lot of different variations and ways by people who already know the world really well. Now, uh, we've talked a bit about some of the unique facets of Glorantha, but one that I don't think has been touched on uh, is the idea of the hero quest. Could you tell pe- the folks at home what a hero quest is when we're talking about Glorantha? Yes. So... Yes no. <laughs> thinking about the how to answer that question very simply. So, uh, the gods... S- someone the summed gods? it up in a sentence. Let, I will ask you if this is accurate. A hero quest is LARPing so hard you change the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll do. But now <laughs> you need a little bit more. <laughs> so, um, the gods have the, their myths. Those are all the things that we know they did. The myths are oftentimes contradictory, uh, and that's because there wasn't actually time when the gods... In, 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 the, in the place we call the god place... There is no time. Sometimes things happen simultaneously, sometimes they happen before, sometimes they happened after, hard to say, and there are definitely contradictions. But all those events, at one way or another, happened uh, in, in the early God time. So, when we are mortals in the world of time, we can travel back into the God's world and recreate alongside of, basically, using the power of our god, we can sort of recreate the myth and live through a piece of the story. We can't go back and be the god, uh, but we're sort of in a, in a shallower part of the god place, so that, like, imagine if you had a... Uh, if in our world, uh, and by that I mean um, right now, 2015 America, uh, we had hero questing, uh, 
and you had all these children who learned the story of uh, the Boston Tea Party. Um, the next time there was some tyrannical ruler that needed to be overthrown, you could have a bunch of your, you and your powerful friends could say, you know what, we're going to do the hero quest of the Boston Tea Party. And what we're going to do is we're going to say that, you know, this, this current tyrant is, you know, we're going to direct this, this hero quest against them. So we're going to, we're going to get power and, and like influence our people to fight against that tyrant by, by going back and redoing the Boston Tea Party. And of course, when we, let's, I'm, I'm just going to continue the example which I've never used before, so I'm working on it. Uh, so, but when we go, because it's Glorantha, and you can't always count on the Hero Quest story to play, there's always a Hero Quest surprise. When we go back uh, and do the Boston Tea Party, it turns out that the uh, as we throw the tea overboard, uh, skeletal hands uh, grab it from below, and the skeletons of soldiers killed in the previous war start marching it back onto the ship. And we don't have to deal with just the British, we also have to deal with the skeletons! But once we put them down, we'll have gained power against uh, A, the British, and B, the undead, and we'll return to real the, uh, our real world of time as we come out of this state, out of the ritual, we'll like be have gained power. Now, if the hero quest goes badly, uh... <laughs> we might return to a world where the price of tea is 20 times what it should be. <laughs> and uh, there are still, like, uh, you know, terrible British tea estates, like, uh, you know, sit sitting on the Upper Hudson. You know, with okay. all. Yeah. So, I think I misunderstood how hero quests work. It's less LARPing and more a sound of thunder. Like,. I can't follow your... I don't know your Sound of Thunder? It's a Ray Bradbury story about a guy who goes back in time to hunt dinosaurs but uh, accidentally steps on a butterfly and changes the entire course of history. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it, here's the thing. Because you, as a hero quester, don't have... Let, there, there's bigger powers to give you the world. Mm -hmm. uh, what we... It's you're very unlikely to change the giant scope of everything. Ah, uh, right. but local conditions, local conditions, you might very well right. change. So, you know, as an example that we think about as we've been doing Hero Quest and Glorantha, um, if you, you know, screw up on a particular Hero Quest, uh, the powers of your god in that valley may be hugely decreased, you know, for a long time to come until somebody sets it right. Of all the cows in that, oh, we're going back to cows! <laughs> all, all the, you know, all the cows that people, uh, you know, maybe born um, half lizard, and, you know, for the next uh, two generations in that valley, and so particular areas. Uh, now, when there's a giant hero quest uh, in the world, which is probably a little bit bigger than like the, well, you know, this is a part of the cosmos we're not modeling with 13th Age. But when there's a giant hero quest and it involves uh, a huge LARP society, <laughs> like. There's one recently that, that got pulled off uh, in the in the timeline of Goratha where almost everybody in the kingdom of Sardar uh, was involved. Well, they screwed it up. <laughs> they they got attacked by an enemy they couldn't handle in the middle of it because sometimes you have to summon your enemies. Like imagine that that British squadron instead of a bunch of British uh, uh, redcoats showing up, it was a British centurion tank, 
an attack helicopter. It's like, oh no. <laughs> you know, this is not what we meant to fight. And uh, that's essentially what happens to these people. And yes, in that one, there were giant consequences because they'd invested way too much. <laughs> so Sound of Thunder, I will make a note to look that up. I think I remember <laughs> reading that a long time ago. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, essential time travel kind of Yeah, but the thing is, is that with Garantha, it, you don't really want the time travel aspect to be um, the pivot, but what right. you do want to, but you do want to acknowledge that you will make things better or worse for you and your people uh, by right. succeeding or failing. There is uh, an actual effect. You can. So, there is so, a, so wait, yes. things get better if you succeed. Yep. And worse if you fail. Not always. The failure, <laughs> you have to fail catastrophically. For it to really, really hurt the world, it's it, it, it's more. It's usually the penalties for uh, failure are on you. If <laughs> if I'm getting this right, yep. you, you, the hero quest allows you to uh, influence the strength or, and maybe even a degree of the uh, meaning of the myth. And yeah. Glorantha is a world where myths are very powerful unto themselves. Thank you. You're, yeah. And because what's going to happen is you're participating in a story that the important part here has already happened. For you and your people, you know um, that Orlanth killed the dragon Aroka and ended this giant uh, drought uh, by releasing its by releasing the water um, and, and, and and harnessing the powers of lightning and thunder. So if there's a giant drought in the world, you know that one of the ways you might be able to solve it is to go ahead and, like, do the hero quest of Orlanth versus the dragon. And if, if you succeed, well, the good news is uh, you, could bring, you could bring the drought to an end. Now, the hero quests that are in parts of 13th Age and Kuranta are, are oftentimes a lot... They're not a socially directed. Um, they're more directed towards uh, the types of problems that are, that, you're, that are when chaos is unraveling the world and you're trying to hold the world together to, or to uh, expel horrible chaos demons before they make things worse. So, there's a lot of this about fighting chaos. And, uh, <laughs> I think that we've got a... We have a troll character. Yep. Uh, it's And uh, you're a Stormball worshipper. And so, uh, Stormball is the, you know, the dangerous, unruly... Uh, let's call it... If you know, in our world, he'd be like the, the, uh, the Hell's Angel, who you really did not want to have come visit. Unless uh, you were having visits from, you know, the uh, the Cthuloid monsters that only the Hell's Angel could kill, and uh, that that's basically this the analogy, analogy is making more and more sense the further you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, yeah. All right. And you, sir, because you decided to play a troll raised by humans, are even more of a freak. I salute you. Well done. He's a he's a freaky guy. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> so, uh, I guess one yeah, so one you, you tied it back to myth there, and that was important. Too. Yeah. The all the hero quests um, are for people who are new to Glorantha. One of the things is they'll be able to go ahead and read a myth, and and then we'll have and then there will be some suggestions about how you could play it. And so there's, a, you know, there were some myths that really don't give themselves lend themselves well to uh, combat hero quests. And there are others that do, and uh, it's a it's a fun way to learn the myths in a way without uh, it's, it's it's less dry than just reading them. 
One more question. Uh, sure. 13th Age in Glorantha is the first time Glorantha's hitting any sort of D20 uh, system. As far, uh, is that correct? I know, I've been sitting here, like, you've been saying perfectly reasonable things, and I'm like, well, actually, if you consult the manuscript, <laughs> you're absolutely right okay. on this one. <laughs> yes, I know, I'm pretty sure. At least... <laughs> As far as I know, as, yes. As far as far as we know. So, yeah. um, what was how how did this come uh, uh, about? Uh, what was the impetus behind this specific project? Uh, was it uh, say you and uh, Jonathan Tweet really wanting to make Larantha, or was it uh, the, the rights holders thinking, you know, D twenty is pretty big by now. It's it's been what 15, 20 years. We should get on that or. What, how did the project... Uh, Have you guys this heard pro- of this 20-sided die phenomenon? <laughs> <laughs> what was the genesis of this incarnation of Clarantha? Okay, um, I, I think I could peel back the layers. Um, I worked at Chaosium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Greg Stafford's right-hand man, I think was essentially my, my job position, at a moment when they were trying to get Clarantha, we were trying to get Clarantha off the ground. It didn't come through Chaosium. They all laid everybody off uh, because of the Mythos situation uh, that the card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up moving back to Washington, and because I had been helping David Dunham with King of Dragon Pass while I was down at Chaosium, I ended up getting hired to be the QA guy uh, on King of Dragon Pass. And then a couple years later, having finished all the QA and then uh, additional design, uh, stuff like the, uh, I think my biggest contribution to the game was probably writing all the heroic battles for King of Dragon Pass. That was a lot of fun, making that system up. Uh, so I had been working at David's, and David's gaming group, uh, the Seattle Farmers Collective, mm-hmm. uh, the game master was Jeff Richard, um, who, and Neil Robinson was one of the players. And uh, Jeff and Neil are the people who, two of the three people, well, probably four now, um, who are Moon Design, who have and who have then became Chaosium. Just yeah, yeah, that was that's very recent. Uh, right, <laughs> that bit of yes. the history, and maybe hasn't even been mentioned on your show yet. So, so Jeff, we aren't a news show, so technically yeah. yes. Although those yeah. who are interested, have you guys well. heard about Donald Trump these days? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Donald the Trump the Duck. And, uh, so Jeff was my game master for a long time in mm-hmm. that campaign. And then I went to work at Wizards. And so we both, so, you know, he went, he went to Berlin, different directions. Um, I ended up doing a lot more game design and getting things published. Uh, Jeff ended up running Moon Design and gradually having more and more to do with running Laratha. And at when Jonathan and I were doing 13th Age, I mean, we, you know, Glorantha is sort of one of the touchstones for us. And so we knew that there were certain things we were doing precisely because that was how they were done in Glorantha. It wasn't a case necessarily of thinking, oh, we'll, we'll be able to do Glorantha. It was a case of thinking, no, we can't do Glorantha. We'll do this. <laughs> and, uh, and, but I, I think there was a part of me that knew uh, when I had been working at, at Wizards of the Coast, I had even talked with a couple people there about, you know, we could technically, we could go ahead and try to create a, you know, a, a D20 version of Glorantha. But I also didn't 
ever feel the system was quite right for it. Mm-hmm. And um, part of doing 13th Age and being able to, for Jonathan and I to go ahead and create the way we wanted to play uh, is that it turned out that there really wasn't any doubt that we could quickly turn that to playing Glorantha. And we realized that. And then when I actually saw Jeff and Neil in person when they were visiting, it was one of those situations where they sort of just said, would you like to do this? And I was like, yes, I <laughs> absolutely would like to do that. That seems like a great idea. And so it was one of those, I mean, you know, and I think Jeff will say, yeah, I totally, you know, talked Rob into it, but I, I, I was ready. So, uh, yeah, so everybody's Fantastic. Sort of agreed to do it. And we yep. are uh, seeing the fruits of that now, at least those of us who got in on the Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> Yes. And everyone else will have their the turn fruits, soon. The fruits, like the plums on the tree in my backyard, are ripening slowly, and yet will be, you know, will attain their perfect, uh, their, their their perfect perfection. So, I have am pretty happy with everything we've done. It's definitely moving slower than I want it to. Uh, this new class that you have in your hands that I sent to you, the Berserker. Um, not quite as difficult to create as the Druid for 13 True Ways, but very close. So so the Berserker may or may not take up about a third of the page count. Uh, oh, with... the Berserker! It, the, the, yes, the Berserker's issue is it just has very interesting interlocking power sets that you have to go ahead and like be like, wait a minute, if it can do that, what about that? And uh, it's not a situation like the Druid, where the Druid is just... Uh, uh, madness, uh, a mad attempt to, <laughs> to to capture all the different ways druids have been played across the years. And oh, I'm sorry, I missed those three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the Berserker is much more focused, but it's, um, and it's, yeah, it's actually fairly easy to play, but it was not easy to create. Um, so I'm optimistic that all the remaining class stuff is a lot easier than the Berserker. And, uh, and it's it, that, and the rest of it is moving along quickly. Okay, so with that, we we've talked about what Glorantha is and what sets it apart, and uh, some of the focus and special things about this particular uh, uh, use of the setting. So I think that rats, ra- wraps up our, our uh, little pod chat, and we'll be right back with the actual game. See you there, folks. Mm-hmm.